International Baptist College is a dynamic ministry of Tri-City Baptist Church in Chandler. IBC offers three Bachelor of Arts degrees and four graduate degrees. The professors at IBC desire to teach students how to think, live, and lead from a conservative biblical worldview. Whether you are pursuing a degree or laying a biblical foundation for your life, IBC will mentor you into ministry. Please check out our website at ibconline.edu or call 1-800-IBC-4858 for more information. You're making an excuse to build your own house, to build your own bank accounts, to gather up to yourself your own wealth, to make life easy for, easier for yourself, and you're, you have displaced the worship priority that should be pleasing God. I'm Celeste Montague. Welcome to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, featuring the teaching of senior pastor Dr. Kevin Shaw. Dare to Stand is on the radio to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to all who will listen, to carefully teach the truth of God's Word, and to encourage a healthy lifestyle of worshiping and honoring God. For more details about Dare to Stand or the ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church, please visit www.daretostand.org or call the church at 623-581-3115. You can receive a free MP3 copy of today's message or the entire series in MP3 format for a small fee by contacting the church. Today we continue our study with Dr. Shaw on the subject of worship. The Lord has much to say throughout the Bible about how we are to worship Him with our hearts, not just our outward ceremonies, and by remembering what He has done for us. Today, Dr. Shaw shares more about two very significant times of spiritual revival in the Bible and how those revivals affected the worship of God in part two of a message called Revival and Worship. Here's Dr. Kevin Shaw to pick up where we left off last time as we see King Josiah getting a true view of himself because of the Word of God. Josiah had already truly repented in his heart, so when he was confronted with the Word, there was an automatic response to what the Word said. He rents his clothes. He says, we're wicked. We have been disobedient to God. And immediately there was action to be obedient to the Lord. That's what happens when you have a truly a true revival going on from corruption to righteousness. There's full repentance. There's submission to the Word. There's a recognition now of the horrible nature of sin that we, norm, we just don't normally get that on our own. We get the sense at the beginning, something's not right. But now... Oh, now we get that sense of exactly what is wrong. And so the result of this revival is they obey God in detail in worship. And we come to Second Chronicles chapter 34. Moreover, all of this is done. They followed the word. They've looked at the word. They've obeyed the word. We come to chapter 35, verse 1. It says, Moreover, Josiah kept a Passover 
unto the Lord in Jerusalem, and they killed the Passover on the 14th day of the first month. And he set priests in their charges and encouraged them to the service of the house of the Lord. It, the indication is this hadn't even been going on. Now what happens? Here, here's, here's a simple principle. The result of revival is true worship. See, it isn't worship that brings revival, it's revival that brings worship. Let's go to the next story. Revival from complacency. Haggai and Zerubbabel. Turn to me in your Bibles to Haggai chapter 1. Haggai chapter 1. And we're, we're dealing here with uh, revival from complacency. We're in Haggai chapter 1. Let's take a look at the context. The condition of the land. The children of Israel have been restored from exile. They had suffered 70 years of captivity in the, under the hands of the Babylonians and then the Persians. They've been brought back to the land of Israel now and began the beginning part of where we are at the beginning of Haggai. They had begun rebuilding the temple. But they'd run into some problems rebuilding the temple. Uh, they were facing opposition. And so as they faced opposition, they quit. I, I, I guess they were of the mindset that if God is in it, there are people that have this mentality, if God is in it, it's going to be easy. If it's not easy, then obviously God is not in it. But that's not, the way, that's not the way it works, right? So they made this weak attempt at rebuilding, and when they faced opposition, then everything stopped and it remained unfinished. Now, folks, let me just stop for a second. We have the building project. We're talking about the second floor. This isn't some sort of subliminal message about giving for that, okay? You folks have been doing great, and we're going on with it. We're not stopping. So this has nothing to do with that, nothing going on there. You've been doing wonderful. So here's, they quit. It's 14, maybe 17 years that the temple has remained unfinished, and they said, listen, and, and the excuse, of course, their weak attempt at rebuilding, their, their excuse was, it must not be the right time. You face a little opposition, oh, it's just not the right time. Notice verse 2, thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, this people say, the time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. We tried to do it, we ran into some opposition, it must be time, we'll go about our own business, and we'll just wait for the right time. Now, God says, no, you're wrong. What it became was an excuse for selfishness. It took sacrifice to build the house of God that had been destroyed. It's the one, that we, the one that had been built under Solomon had been destroyed during the Babylonian captivity, and now they were trying to rebuild. And so they said, listen, it isn't time. And so they paid attention to their own stuff. Their priorities shifted. Now, you don't have the outward, ultimate, terrible corruption, the, the Baal worship and the idolatrous worship and all the terrible stuff that was going on under, under Manasseh and Ammon and, and at the time... Josiah became king. You don't have all of that. You have people living fairly normal, acceptable Old Testament Jewish lives at this point. But what's happened is their priorities have shifted from a priority upon what God wants to a priority of what they want. Take a look at the next verse. It says, Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, it is, is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed? The idea here, there is paneled houses and this house lie waste. Now see what he's saying? What he's saying is this. You're making an excuse to build your own house, to build your own bank accounts, to gather up to yourself your own wealth, to make life easy for, easier for yourself, and you're 
you have displaced the worship priority that should be pleasing God. See that? That's the condition in the land. Of course, they were under chastisement and they didn't even know it. He says, consider your ways. They had the chastising of God, hand of God. That was real, but it was inexplicable. Let me explain that. Now, therefore, verse 5, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much. You put out a lot of seed and you bring in little, not much grows. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe you, but there is none warm. He that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it in a bag with holes. See, now, here's what they would be saying. They'd be saying, you know, I just have the most terrible luck. I mean, life just never, it goes great for some other folks and some other nations, but it just always goes bad for me. You know, I put in lots of seed and not very much comes up. And then when it comes up, you know, you eat, but I've got this stomach ache and it doesn't satisfy. I just, I just never feel good. I just never feel right. Nothing that I have satisfies. And then I've got, and then you put it in the bag and guess what? There's a hole in the bag and I lost it. And so, and so life just never seems to work out. It's just one problem after another. And what happens to us where in that, that, that situation, we tend to become focused upon the details of life. And what God says to them is this, step back and look at the big picture and consider your ways. But, but you see, but the problem was the bag had holes. But the, the, the problem is the seed just didn't come up. The rain wasn't exactly right. It rained in somebody else's farm, but it didn't rain in mine. And, and we start looking at all the details. But step back, look at your whole life, and ask yourself this question. Is God saying something? We so often fail to hear the voice of God because we become preoccupied with the vessel of the voice. You say, well, that, there's that person that challenged me. But you know, they're ungodly. Or it's a child. Or they're immature. Or they don't know what they're talking about. Do you, do you understand that God can speak to you through the most unlikely people? After all, He spoke to Balaam through a donkey. And God can be speaking to you through the circumstances of life. You say, but, don't, but Pastor Shaw, don't you believe that some people just through, go through times of trial and testing? They do. But it's an appropriate thing at the time of trial and testing to ask yourself, is there something God is trying to say to me? Job did that. And then he examined his life and he said, I can't, that was his frustration. I can't seem to find it. But I will tell you this, if God is trying to say something to you, when you take the time to look, you'll see. God had Job's attention for sure, and Job sought the Lord in desperation and despair. Stay tuned, Dr. Shaw will be back with another example of someone in the Bible who sought the Lord, King David. You're listening to Dare to Stand with Dr. Kevin Shaw as we continue a study on the subject of worship with more of a message today called Revival and Worship. Dare to Stand is a radio outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church. You can link to the church at daretostand.org. 
And now here's Dr. Shaw to talk a little about an addiction recovery ministry going on at his church called Freedom That Lasts. Hello, this is Kevin Shaw. Are you or someone you know dealing with the agony of an addiction? You cannot change what you do until you let God change who you are. Freedom That Lasts is a discipleship ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church that applies the life-transforming principles of the gospel and Christian growth to the problems of life-dominating sins and addictions. All of this happens in an atmosphere of love and accountability. If you would like to know more information about this important ministry, give us a call at 623-581-3115 or visit our website at daretostand.org. Go to the homepage and click the Discipleship Connections button. Thank you, Dr. Shaw. If you or someone you love needs addiction recovery, please call Northwest Valley Baptist Church today. And now let's get back to our study and more about seeking the Lord like a man named David did in the scriptures. Here's our teacher. You know, one of the reasons that David was a man after God's own heart for the, for the bulk of his life? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me. He sought to consider his ways and asked God to examine his ways on a daily basis. So they're under the chastening hand of God. And then the prophet comes and explains it. So that's the wonderful thing. The prophet comes and says, now, this has been going on in your life. Now here's God's message to you. Now let me tell you why. Because when God chastens us, he tells us why. He doesn't leave us just guessing. He tells us why. And so he sends the prophet to tell them why. And he, and he says, listen, uh, you looked for much and it came to little. He said, verse, verse 7, thus saith the Lord of hosts, go up to the mountain, bring wood, build the house, and I will take pleasure in it. I will be glorified, saith the Lord. What was the problem? They had become complacent. They had become selfish. They had neglected the worship of God. And now it's time for revival from this complacency. He said, you looked for much. Lo, it came to little. When you brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts? Because of mine house that is wasting. You run everyone, every man to his own house. Therefore, the heaven over you is stayed from dew, and the earth is stayed from her fruit. So why is this happening to me? Obviously, I can't, we can't give now because we don't have... Isn't that... The, the, that's the funny thing. We face opposition, so we can't give to... That was the complacency. That's the way it manifested itself. And then, and then discipline comes, and now I can't give because of the discipline. <laughs> that, that was the problem. The thing that they thought was the problem was the, the thing that was supposed to be encouraging to do right. He says, I called for a drought upon the land, and upon the mountains, and upon the corn, and upon the new wine, and upon the oil, and upon that which the ground bringeth forth, and upon men, and upon cattle, upon all the labor of the hands. And so... It's explained. And you know what the wonderful thing about these people? I have great admiration for this group coming back from the, from the exile. They weren't perfect, but you didn't have to tell them twice. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel, and Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest with the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet, as the Lord their God had sent them, and the people did fear before the Lord. The, the, you have the sensitive response of God's people. The words of the prophet, they struck home, and the people responded in obedience. Isn't that the wonderful thing? You might not get it all right, but when God tells you, do it! Respond! 
And so they respond in obedience. And the result of that obedience is the chastisement turns to blessing. Verse 13 is one of the sweetest verses in all of this book. We'll deal with the other one in chapter 2 later. Then spake Haggai the Lord's messenger in the Lord's message unto the people, saying, I am with you. Now, what had he just told them about? He had just told them, I am against you, right? Heavens don't deliver their water. The plants don't come forth. The holes in the bag, all of it. That's God against. And so now we have switched from what? God's chastisement. I was going to say curse, but it's not really curse. It's God's chastisement to God's blessing. What a wonderful thing. See, Here's, here's the assumption we make. We, make we, we assume, well, if I do it right, then I can have God's blessing. If I mostly do right, then God will just be neutral. And then if I do wrong, then I'll have God's cursing. Folks, there's no neutral with God. There's no neutral. As if God just ignores you. I, I'll just stick to my own stuff and God will ignore me. No, no, no. It's, do you, ha- you either have God's blessing or God's chastisement upon your life. Which is it? What's the condition? And so they immediately went from chastisement to blessing. And the chastisement turns to blessing. There's spiritual stirring and enabling. And said, verse 14, And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel, the governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. There was just this, this working of the Spirit of God as God worked in their hearts and encouraged them and gave them energy and motivation because they responded to the, to the message of the prophet. And the result was true worship. So they build the temple. They're coming to the dedication of the temple. And it's recorded in the Word of God that when they came to the dedication of the second temple, both the old men and the young men wept, but for different reasons. You see, this new temple built by these... um, remnant, these former slaves that came home. They didn't have the resources that Joshua did or David did. And so this temple was a, it was a meager substitute for the glorious temple that had been built previously more than 500 years before under Solomon. And so there were old men that were around when that old temple still existed. And they remember that glories of the previous temple and they look at this temple and they see it's nothing in comparison and they wept. And there were the young people that wept because they'd never seen one before. And they had the opportunity to worship. They'd never seen it before. And so there was this mixture of mourning and rejoicing all together at the same time. But they got the most wonderful blessing from God as he talked about this new temple. And it's a prophecy. It begins in chapter 2, verse 7. It says this, And I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come. That's speaking of Jesus Christ. And I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine. For those that were so worried about all the gold of Solomon's temple and how much glorious and how much more expensive and how much more ornate it was. God says, listen, I own all the silver and gold. I'm not impressed with that. The glory of this latter house, this meager one, 
shall be greater than that of the former house, Solomon's great temple, saith the Lord of hosts, and in this house will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts, and it will be this temple later remodeled under Herod. It will be in this temple that Joseph and Mary bring the little baby Jesus on the eighth day and he'll be circumcised. It'll be in this temple where Simeon and Anna see the Messiah. It will be in this temple where the Son of Man will cast out the money changers. It will be in this temple where the New Testament church will be born. Why? Because the glory of the house, the glory of worship, is not in the building. It's in who's in it. Well, Pastor Shaw will come back in a moment with the core principle about worship and revival from our lesson today in just a moment. Stay tuned. You're listening to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, where our teacher, Dr. Kevin Shaw, serves as senior pastor. Northwest Valley Baptist Church is located at 4030 West Yorkshire Drive in Glendale. That's just south of the 101 at 40th Avenue. Come visit our new worship center. Sunday worship service is at 9.30 a.m. Adult Bible studies and Sunday school for all ages are at 11 a.m. And Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. Child care is provided for all services. Wednesday evening activities include prayer meetings, children's and teens programs. Northwest Valley Baptist Church also offers a quality traditional Christian education for your children, grades K through 12, at Arrowhead Christian Academy, located right on the church property at 40th Avenue and Yorkshire Drive. For more details about the church, kids' programs, this radio broadcast, or to register your kids for Arrowhead Christian Academy, please visit www.daretostand.org or call 623-581-3115. If you enjoy listening to Dr. Shaw's teaching, please visit our website. Find out more about the church. You can also support Dare to Stand with a tax-deductible donation of any amount on our secure website at daretostand.org. We gladly offer free MP3 copies of Dr. Shaw's teaching, and we would be honored to minister to you personally and help you any way we can. Please call the church at 623-581-3115 today. Join us for Sunday morning services at 9.30 a.m. and Sunday evening discipleship at 6 p.m. You can also listen to Dare to Stand Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. on this same radio station. I'm Celeste Montague. Join us again next time as we continue our study on the subject of worship, looking at what Jesus had to say on the subject. And now here's Dr. Shaw with a final thought to share about worship and revival. Join us next time for more right here on Dare to Stand. And by the way, we go to the rest of the chapter. He even teaches then the lessons from worship that are intended to be taught about corruption. We won't go into all of that. In the end, God is glorified. So here's the principle. There's no true worship without true revival. And true revival will lead to true worship. So what is the condition of your heart? <laughs> 